0: Welcome back to Colonel Cornbread and the Case of the Confederate Ruby. This is part four, Amazing Grace. Hello, folks. It is I, your humble narrator. When we last took leave from our story, Sheriff Augie and Colonel Cornbread had ruled out Sir Barnaby Buxton as a suspect because his alibi checked out. Not only had he been at the theater that night, he had gotten wine sick on a warm bottle of Old Port and puked on stage during the curtain call. The only other person Miss Annabelle had named as knowing the whereabouts of the Ruby was the pastor, and as a religious man, this was troubling to Sheriff Augie. The war had left Colonel Cornbread questioning the existence of God, a loving God at least. He would open up about this to his wife after a nip or two of corn whiskey, but did his best to keep these thoughts deep in the closet as not to offend the staunchly religious of the time, or perhaps more so, to make sure he was never unfairly judged as a Satanist. Turns out it was either one or the other in those days. After a long conversation, Cornbread was able to convince Augie that they should talk to the pastor if only to officially rule him out as a suspect and give them both peace of mind. Augie agreed, but only on the condition that Cornbread attend this week's Sunday sermon. And it is from there that we continue the story. Becky, save me a seat down there. I just got to go spit my chew outside. Oh, hello, Betty Lynn. It's so good to see you. I'm so glad your kid got his tooth fixed. Hey, somebody farted. Rick and Lee, damn it, I told you to lay back down at home. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Oh, I once was lost, but now... Twas blind but now i see yes i do pastor Twas grace that taught my heart to fear and fear my sin Thank you all. Amen. 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 Thank you, Brother Cleve. Cleve Presley, everyone. Thank you, Brother Cleve, for that stirring rendition. We all forget the words sometimes, so long as you're moved by the Spirit. Father God, it don't matter. That gibberish sounded like praise to me. Father God. Father God, before we begin the sermon, I'd like to ask every single one of you to bow your heads in prayer. Father God, we come to you today asking you to bless this nation, Father God, and let the spoils from our harvest, though weak they may be at times, provide nourishment to our body and our body for your service, Father God. Father God, we ask that you guide the hands and the minds of our current president, Father God, Mr. Andrew Johnson. Father God, Tennessee boy, Tennessee boy that we all we all try to love because of his southern roots, but Father God, not to get political from behind the pulpit, but sometimes his actions are downright confounding, Father God. Father God, President Johnson uses his veto power the same way my sister-in-law uses salt, Father God, way too often, and sometimes when it's not even necessary. Woo, Father God, 14th Amendment. Father God, we know the family of General Percival Aloysius III is very happy that he received a presidential pardon from Mr. Johnson, but Father God, even his brethren in the South know that Percival Aloysius III was a war criminal, Father God. And that's without mentioning all the things he does wearing them off-color pajamas running around at night on a horse that can't see, Father God. We ask all these things, Father God, in your name, and all God's people say amen, Amen. Father God. Now for our sermon today, friends and neighbors, ladies and gentlemen and children of the flock, we're going back to the basics. While I have no doubt, Father God, that many of you are firmly educated in the basics of the Bible, and I know that... A great many of you have heard it a thousand times. I think in these trying days that we face in this split country, it is always good to remind the people of the original Ten Commandments that the Lord gave to Moses to give to us, Father God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Woo, amen. Amen. A lot of you may be thinking to yourself, oh, Pastor, I don't put any anyone before God. I have no other gods. I have renounced them all. Buddha, Shinto, Muhammad. Well, well, please allow Pastor to once again regale you with the tale of the golden calf. For you see, sometimes you do not know what it is that you place on that heavenly mantle. Back in the day, Moses, by the grace of God, led the Israelites out of bondage from that nasty Pharaoh in Egypt. Father God, they wandered through that desert seeking the promised land, but before they could get there, they had to face a mighty test of faith, much like the test that many of you face today. Moses, You see, he climbed up on Mount Sinai to speak with the Lord. The Lord was giving him the Ten Commandments, the laws by which all good folks should live. But, oh, brethren, Moses was up there for 40 days and 40 nights, and down below, the people grew restless. You see, Father God, people back then, just like they are now, are an impatient bunch. The phrase, what have you done for me lately, comes to mind, and it's how they treated God our Father. You see, in our wickedness, the human can't just hear something like, Oh, give us 40 days, Father God, and 40 nights. No, we want it now. We want it now, now, now. And as their patience wore thin, Father God, they went to Aaron, Moses' brother, and said, Aaron, make us a God to lead us. Can y'all believe that? I tell you what, children of the flock, if your good pastor ever fails you, I dare say you shan't run to my brother for help. Because after the war, Father God, he climbed into a moonshine still, and we ain't been able to get him out, no matter how many times we throw him a ladder. Father God, that being said, he does throw one hell of a party. You good pastor can't deny that, and his wife Sheila sure does make a fine cornbread. Father God, but back to my original point, Father God. They went to Moses' brother Aaron and said, can you make a god to lead us? After all the miracles the Lord showed them, they still doubted. So Aaron, what'd he do? Well, he asked for their gold earrings. He asked for their gold necklaces. He melted them down and fashioned a golden calf. That's a shiny cow for those of you not completely literate. They looked at this idol, this false god, and they said, this is your god, Israel. Who brought you up out of Egypt? This golden calf is who you shall bow before today. Now up on that mountain, the Lord saw all this and his anger burned. He told Moses, he told Moses what was happening. And Moses, well, he wasn't too pleased neither. After he'd done all this, after he'd sacrificed 40 days and 40 nights to give the people what they want, Moses felt like he'd been betrayed. He saw the people dancing around the calf. In his fury, he threw those tablets down, shattering them, Father God. He took that calf, he burned it in the fire, ground it to powder, and shattered it on the water and made the Israelites drink it. Then Moses said, Who is on the Lord's side? The Levites, of course, they stood with him at his command. They drew their swords, and about 3,000 men fell that day, a heavy price for the sin of what would become the first commandment. Father God, now what is the lesson here? Stay true to the Lord. No matter your trials, no matter your tribulations, keep your faith in Him and not in all the shiny trinkets. You see, that's the problem, Father God. So many people read the Word and they take it literally. They think to themselves, Oh, well, I would never sit around and worship a golden calf. Hell, I wouldn't even know how to make one. I ain't a welder. But I ask you today, children of the flock, look at yourself. Look inside yourself and ask, what is the golden calf in your life? For some of you, no doubt, Father God, it is that demon whiskey that you look to and idolatrate towards when you should be giving it all to the Lord, Father God. But as for most of you, you know what it is. Is the pastor really going to have to spell it out for you? What's the number one thing that we idolize, we put before God the Father and our family? Money, it's money. Sometimes in the form of jewels, we covet these shiny jewels. They are the whole of us, our desire for them, and the assumed power which they possess, Father God. The right reverend went on and on through the Ten Commandments, preaching their virtues until he reached number eight, Thou shalt not steal. Checking the clock on the wall, he informed the congregation that he had gone long and needed time to rest up before the homecoming supper that evening. Some might say he looked pale and disheveled. Sheriff Augie and Cornbread followed him back to his chambers as Augie was eager to get the questioning behind him. Uh, he- hello, Pastor. We hate to in like this, but uh, we just had a couple questions we needed to ask you. Oh, no problem at all. Have a seat, uh, my sons. How are you today? Oh, we're doing fine, Pastor. And might I say, that is one of the most passionate renditions of the golden calf story I ever did here. Well, thank you. I, I do find it to be a very important story. Now, you reckon that ever really happened? Cornbread, shut up. Oh, what, am I not allowed a little bit of healthy skepticism, my dear Augie? <laughs> it's okay, Sheriff. I I took no offense by it. I mean, listen, some of the stuff in the Old Testament is hard to understand. And, you know, it's been translated from several different languages. But, yes, I do do take the Word of God at face value. Uh, How can I help you both? Well, before we get into asking you uh, your whereabouts... Uh, on a particular night last week. May I ask you something? Uh, Your message today uh, on the Golden Calf, you you seem to lean heavily into the money and jewels aspect of it. Was that on purpose? You want to know if I had heard about uh, Randall Johnson and his ruby? Yes, I, uh, you know, word? Word spreads. The pastor usually hears everything, whether he wants to or not, frankly. Well, I couldn't help but notice, but Mr. Randall Johnson was not at the service today. Hush, Cornbread. What's that got to do with anything? No, you're right. He uh, he wasn't. He hasn't been coming as of late. Annabelle started showing up by her lonesome on Sundays, uh, but even her attendance uh, on the Well, never mind. It doesn't matter. No, no, no. Now you've actually piqued my curiosity. What is it? Annabelle's attendance and what? What were you going to say? Just that Annabelle, there's been a couple notable exclusions from the Wednesday night service that it's just not not normal. Annabelle hasn't been here. And um, we have another... Got William. I'm not sure you know William. He works at the farm over on uh, Tom Thumb. Oh, yes, of course. That buck tooth simpleton always covered in some form of mud. Well, I'm not I'm not going to pass judgment on that. But when he was here the other night talking to me... Actually, you know what? I think that I could better go wash up uh, for the Sunday uh, supper if you guys don't mind. Well, no, no, Pastor. I'm going to have to insist that we do mind. Now, whether intended or not, you have just forced me to speculate that there may be some sort of correlation... Between between the attendance of Miss Annabelle and Mr. William, the buck-toothed simpleton farmhand covered in mud. So what exactly was it that you and this hayseed discussed? Colonel Cornbread, you know that I am not in any way at liberty to discuss anything that was talked about during the throes of a confession. So it was a confession? I didn't mean to say that. I did not mean to say that. Well, that's fine. I'm not going to sit here and make you jeopardize your oath to God, no matter how silly I find it. Cornbread God! Now, now, hold your tongue now, Augie. I believe that you may have just violated the third commandment. What are you talking about? It's true, Augie. That is technically taking the Lord's name in vain, but I'll give you a pass. So with Mr. Randall Johnson not attending your services anymore, I would have to assume, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but I would have to assume that his tithes to your establishment have all but dried up. Am I correct? <sighs> yes, uh, you are correct. He was a large donor, and he is gone. But we are making do, I assure you. Pastor, is that new stained glass in them windows? Uh, Yep, just had them put in last week. They look good, don't they? You really see the definition in the Mother Mary's eyes as she cries over her son, I think. it's a Really good job. Awful pricey commission there, seeing as how your well has done dried up, Pastor. I'm sorry, did you come back here to accuse me of stealing from Randall Johnson? Is that what you is that what you want me to say? Oh, I stole this. I stole the ruby. A pastor stole the ruby and I used it to buy stained glass for my church. Is that what you want me to say? If that is what you did, then yes, that is what I want you to say. Well, I didn't, okay? I did not I know this is going to sound very unlikely, but we had a random cash donation that came in last week. Someone that just wanted to do something nice for the church, okay? And I used the money to do that because even though, yeah, sure, we could have given it to the poor, we could have done all these other things with it, it's good advertisement for the church. If you make something look visually more appealing, more people will want to come. Therefore, more souls are saved. Therefore, I've been doing my job, okay? I'm sorry. Pastor, you don't have nothing to be sorry about. Augie just has no experience experience with saving souls. Well, where were you the night the ruby got stole, Pastor? I was you know, I I was mm-hmm. uh... I was here. Mm -hmm. I was here. And can anyone confirm that? Was there anyone with you? No, I was by myself. I do a lot of my best work when I'm by myself. Well, I don't think I have to explain to you how bad it looks when we have someone with very clear motive and not a passable alibi on the night that the crime was committed. Do you understand how this looks on your end? Okay, fine. I was out gambling. I was out gambling. Is that what you want me to say? I was out gambling. Oh, my God. Don't tell anybody. Oh, there, there, Pastor. We've all succumbed to the demon power on occasion and your presence at this seedy uh off-site gambling ring can be confirmed <laughs> yes pastor yes 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 I was at stinky Tony's you could ask stinky Tony I was there all night all right pastor calm down now we ain't gonna turn you in lord god <laughs> thank you cornbread I really appreciate that <sighs> I do think that I can help you <clears throat> I do think I can help you with the ruby though how so pastor okay Now, as a man of the cloth, obviously, I do not deal nor dwell in the dark arts, but there are rumors about that ruby, rumors that the ruby... Is cursed. And I dare say that a lot of men are attracted to the ruby for this very reason. Well, why would anyone want a cursed ruby? Oh, Augustus, once again, your naivete about the human condition warms my heart. You see, certain men believe that things we all considered cursed have just not had the opportunity to be wielded by the truly powerful and chosen among us. Exactly. Thus the folly of man. So... Anyways, I think you need to be talking to someone who deals in this sort of thing. Oh, my God. You don't mean... Yes, I'm afraid I do. You need to go... To Beatrice Blackwood. Uh, Who on earth is Beatrice Blackwood? I don't think I've had the pleasure. Oh, God. Well, you know, some people say she's a witch, but I don't believe in none of that stuff. But I will say this. There sure have been a lot of cats go missing right around her yard. You know what I'm saying? Well, I guess if we're looking for information on a fake cursed ruby, it only stands to reason that we go see a fake witch. Here, I'll write down the uh, directions to her house. How do you know where Beatrice Blackwood lives? (sighs) She's my bookie. Could we drop it? To be continued. Thank you all for listening to Colonel Cornbread and the Case of the Confederate Ruby. Written by, recorded by, edited by, produced by, all that stuff. By me, Corey Ryan Forrester. The next episode will be coming out Wednesday of next week because I'm going to California for a wedding. But anyways, when we do get to that episode, it's gonna be a witch lady. Thank y'all so much. I hope you're enjoying. I love you very, very much.